Hello, I'm Robert Bateman and welcome to the Privacy Corner. Each week I talk you through my top picks for privacy stories and thank you to Privado AI as always for providing this space for me to talk about privacy every week. So this week I'm covering a court finding that reveals some of the chaos uh, around privacy and security at Twitter during the uh, early days of Elon Musk's takeover. Delaware has a new privacy law and I managed to find one interesting thing about it. And the UK is considering removing the right to data protection from its version of the GDPR. So we'll have a look at that and see if it's as sinister as it sounds. So let's start with this court filing concerning Twitter or X. Now look, I don't like the new name any more than you do, but I think it's fair to try to refer to Twitter as X in formal contexts like these. So I'll do my best to stick to that ridiculous new name. I do call Facebook Meta now, after all. And uh, this case dates back to 2011, when Twitter got its first consent order from the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Now, Twitter suffered a data breach in 2011, and the FTC uh, pursued Twitter for failing to represent its privacy practices properly to its users. So the FTC sometimes deals with these quite arcane legal tools where they have to, it's a bit like uh, doing Al Capone for tax evasion. The FTC Act says you can't mislead consumers. Twitter did not tell consumers they were going to suffer a data breach. And so the FTC said they misled them about their privacy controls. Now, the uh, the second FTC order was in 2022, actually a modification of the first order with a fine attached, $150 million. And as a result of these orders, basically Twitter has agreed to implement certain privacy and security controls and submit to third party audits and tell the FTC what's going on with regard to privacy. Now, this all happened before Musk, so we can't blame him for any of this. But once Musk came in and bought Twitter or X, sorry, he sacked a lot of people and a lot of other people left as a result. Among them were key privacy and security personnel, including the CISO, Leah Kistner, who said that their team was unable to do their jobs properly, effectively, because of all the resource constraints and the changes going on. And this is a problem because their job was to comply with this consent order in large part. We have some anecdotes in this court filing around what was going on at Twitter when Musk took over. Uh, they agreed to undertake risk assessments for new products, for example. The Twitter Blue Verification Program was rushed through, it is alleged, and did not maintain, uh, did not uh, comply with this policy. The other issue were related to uh, the Twitter files. You might remember this. Musk gave some journalists a lot of access to Twitter data, and uh, that was a problem because he basically said these people can see whatever they want. Anyone who stands in the way will be fired. Not a great access control policy there. 
So there's a lot of stuff in here, some really interesting. I've got more details in the newsletter, which I always link down below. So make sure you subscribe to that if you're interested. Now, the second story I want to look at is about Delaware. Delaware is the 12th US state to adopt a comprehensive privacy law. And it's a Virginia clone, like all others are, except for California. Nobody's copying California. They're all going down the Virginia route. So what do we have in this law? Uh, we have the normal data protection rights, access, rectification, erasure, data portability. This new provision we keep seeing, I think Texas has it too, where you can obtain the details of third parties with whom your data has been shared. There are data protection assessments. So it's one of the stricter of the laws. I consider Utah to be the weakest of these privacy laws, perhaps uh, Colorado or Connecticut being the stronger, particularly now the regulations are in place for Colorado. There's one, uh, one thing here that might be of note, only larger controllers have to comply with the data protection assessment uh, obligation. I think Delaware is the only state to have done that. The thresholds are quite low too. They're not, um, well, it's a small state. If you're processing over 30,000 Delaware consumers' personal data, except where it's only to make a payment transaction, then you're covered. If you're processing at least 10,000 and you make at least 20% of your revenue from selling that data, then uh, you're also covered. So there's only about a million people in Delaware overall. It's a popular state for big corporations because of the tax rules there. It's an interesting law in that it is uninteresting in a way. It's, it's interesting how closely these laws are converging. Maybe next year will be the year of the federal privacy law. Don't hold your breath, is my advice on that. Now, in the UK, the government has issued some regulations called the Data Protection, Fundamental Rights and Freedoms Amendment Regulations 2023. And these amend the UK GDPR. Now, remember, the UK GDPR is effectively the same as the EU GDPR. That will change most likely in the spring uh, when the GDPR reforms pass. Not a certainty, but uh, they, they probably will. And these regulations will apply from the end of the year. Now, what they're doing here is to remove references to fundamental rights and freedoms and replace them with something and to delete references to the right to data protection. Why is the government doing this? Well, it's not quite as malevolent as it sounds. The language of fundamental rights and freedoms comes from the EU's Charter of Fundamental Rights. That law no longer applies to the UK after Brexit is, uh, has, has been completed. I don't think it will ever be entirely complete, but uh, nonetheless, the Charter does not apply in the UK. But the European Convention on Human Rights, the UK is still signatory for that for now. So rather than assessing processing with the charter as a benchmark, UK controllers will now assess uh, their processing with the convention as their benchmark. The ICO preempted this in its transfer risk assessment 
guidance a couple of years ago where the risks have to be assessed against the convention rather than fundamental rights and freedoms, in other words, the Charter. Now, why, though, remove the right to data protection? Well, the Charter has two related rights, privacy at Article 8, data protection at Article 9, different concepts in Europe, at least. The Convention only has the right to privacy, Article 8, so there is no explicit right to data protection. Now, the court in Strasbourg has read data protection rights into that treaty. And of course, the Council of Europe came up with Convention 108, which is highly influential treaty that really gave rise to the GDPR and every other um, European style data protection law around the world. So the idea of only holding uh, UK controllers to UK relevant laws, I think is pretty sensible, to be honest. The Human Rights Act 1998 references the Charter, uh, the Convention, not the Charter. So we should not really be holding controllers to laws that do not apply to them. Of course, it's emblematic of the UK's direction on data protection. So to that extent, I'm not a huge fan, but I can see the reasoning here. Thanks so much. That's me for this week. Thank you again to Privado AI. This has been Privacy Corner and I'll see you next week.